I'm a... Yo, All what's right. up? It's X. This is season three of What's Out Media. Today on the show is the homie, one of the founders of What's Out, uh, Chris Hewlett. How you doing, brother? What's up, my man? I'm chilling. Blessed to finally be on the podcast here. Excited to get excited to get into it, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Chris and I have been homies, running mates, whatever you want to call it, for years. Legitimately since we were like little children. And I just grown. put on a resume 18 years. I did the math. So it can vote now. You know, our friendship can vote now. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, Chris, like, we're going to still work. I mean, we're doing what's out. You know, you do more of the photography side. You know, I do like the, you know, podcasty side. But I think it really works out. But let's talk about, like, how we've grown as individuals, you know, in these last, like, 18 years. It's pretty amazing, man. It really is. It's wild, you know, from from Teddy getting stolen on the pra- on the playground and thrown in the trash to where we are today. <laughs> man, Teddy, man, it's my teddy bear I got in Puerto Rico, and one day this kid wanted to bully me, man. Threw it out in the street. Chris and I freaking out, bro. He like, don't worry, I got you, bro. And we figured out a deal. We figured out a plan, and we made it. We made it rock. You know, we got it back. We got Teddy back. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> From us playing, I remember one day we were playing army on the playground, and Miss Dixon was like, "Cause we said we were about to go save these hostages up on the top part of the playground," and Miss Dixon was like, "Oh, like save these hostages? Like what game are you guys playing?" We we're like, "We're playing army," you know. We were like, "Oh, like we gotta run again the helicopter, like this, that, and the third. and you know, it's it's crazy now because 18 years later. Um, while I was working with the Forest Service, you know, like we were landing helicopters right there. I was like, we were packing people up to get them winched up out of the spot. You know, it was, uh, I was just thinking about this the other day when I was teaching. I was, um, you know, the poster that uh, we saw a lot in teachers' classrooms that said, uh, shoot for the moon and even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just thought, I, I guess I really just came up with my own version of it, but I wasn't trying to like copy off that. I was like, you know what? Follow your dreams and you'll end up where you should be. I because that's, that. how yeah. I, that's how I kind of feel. Because, you know, I'm hustling. I'm trying to get these, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get picked up by a fire department. And, uh, you know, I, it's while I'm like resume building, trying, you know, going down this alley, going down that alley, I've found some, uh, some pretty cool spots job-wise that I've been able to, uh, to jump in with. And, you know, my most recent one here working at healthcare, it has been a dynamic week for me. You know, it has been something we had, it was people trying, it was people trying to smoke drugs in the bathroom. Uh, we have people having psychotic episodes at work. Like it was the last week for me has been interesting to say the least, kept me on my toes. And it was stuff that I, I wasn't even expecting, you know, like as soon as I get into work type stuff. So it was, I was like, oh, my God. No, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. So you're having adventures, like, right now. And we were, like, plotting adventures when we were younger, right? So now we're in these, like, real-life scenarios. But we were, like, as kids, like, our imagination was just on, we're saving a day. We're about to go do this. So much hectic stuff is coming left and right. And we're, like, we got to prep for it. You know, we were really, like, kind of, like, built that way. We were both outside thinkers and stuff like that so we were always like you know plotting different things so now we're both in like two different areas but definitely still like having adventures like having you know discomfort you know getting through that like that's amazing hey i when i worked in california i thought about that I pretty much got as close to achieving your my fourth grade uh dream is I, some people probably actually achieve it to the t but what did I say? I said I wanted to live in California and be an Air Force fighter pilot. That's what I said I wanted to do in fourth grade. And what did I end up doing? I lived in California for two seasons. I worked for the Forest Service. You know, I think that that was that was close enough working on the working on the fire truck. So I was like, you know what? It's not. It's, I'm not an Air Force pilot. You know, it's not the same thing. But I did get to live in California and have a pretty exciting job. So I was like, you know what? We'll consider that a mission accomplished right there. Now, I remember writing down some things, uh, and it was a little further on, like in high school. It's like, look, what I want to do is I want to coach rowing. 
and I want to be a journalist. I was like, whatever happens with that, that's what I want to do. Now that's exactly what I'm able to do. I'm like, dang, dude, like, you know, I stress out about a lot of things, you know, about like, yo, man, am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right path? And I'm like, well, let me look back to what a, I found, like a journal or whatever back home. I'm like, yo, I wrote this down. This is as part of like my goal sheet. I actually accomplished a goal. It's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, I feel like the kind of the jumper right into it here, the the dynamic childhood we had prepared us well for the challenges we face today uh, for everything I had to go through at work. I was like, you know what, like I could, it was, you know how, um, how it's like you've met, not you've, so you, not that you've met people before, but you met that type of person and you know how to handle them. So then it's, it, the more people you meet, the more experience you get. And so it's like, you know, so there's something like problematic going on, you know, but you know that person and you know how to address it. Cause it's like they're archetypes. And it's yeah. like, and it's crazy because I bet you you feel the same way. Like, so you've been in uh, Ohio, uh, Colorado, and California, you know, and I've been in Ohio, Texas, and Florida. And you might see the same person maybe in another area. You might see him when you're on a trip, right? So, like, there's, like, different versions, but you like, that kind of remind me of a, you know, a Jalen or, like, a you know, yes, for example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, I think it was nothing, like growing up at Shaker the way we did was just, it was really, like, I don't think about it until I uh, see people that didn't grow up like that, you know, like people that didn't meet a wide variety of people, like have a lot of like different stuff go on and uh, happen to them in their childhood. So I was like, I really am fortunate for, you know, like my dad, he lived in he lived down Kinsman, so it gave me that side. It gave me that uh, end of the spectrum. But, you know, my mom and grandma living in Shaker. Uh, my grandma having a nice house with the pool. Like, it was a nice two ends of the spectrum. I was actually just talking to my grandpa's brother about this a while ago. He really made me, he was like, you know what, Chris? Like, that really is something you got to experience growing up, seeing both sides, huh? And I was like, you know what? It really is. Because, and, you know, I was just laughing about it on, uh, it, I saw this picture on Instagram the other day. It was a picture of a fried bologna sandwich with some mustard on a piece of white bread. And it said, if you don't know, it said, if you've never had this, I don't want to hear about how you had to come up. And I was like, I definitely had a sandwich like that before. <laughs> Look, that's amazing. And I feel the exact same way. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't see the various, you know, classes, right? Like we've had, we got some friends that are like, are like struggle struggle you know what i'm saying like that's all they've known their whole life we got friends who are like families are wealthy as all what you know what i'm saying so we get to see that variation and see the different lifestyles and it kind of takes at least for us and i don't know if anybody else in shaker had that kind of like there's certain people in shaker that have had that but you know sometimes people will stay in their class right yeah even even if it's like different race certain class you know, there's a, you know, there's a wealthy black class in Shaker and they kind of, you know, there's, you know what I'm saying? And then they don't look at if you, if you're, uh, if your mother didn't go to Shaker or whatever, you know, it's kind of that stigma, right? But we were yeah. able to see the whole thing for what it was. And I think it made us more open to understanding, you know, just different areas in general. I mean, I definitely agree. Because, yeah, now, I mean, just like I said, it prepared I feel like it prepared me so well to work in the fields I do because, you know, I know I can better approach people of different classes, you know, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, where some people might be really nervous approaching them about certain things. I'm not. I'm like, oh, like, met this, like, met this person before, like, know exactly how to address them, like, it'll be fine. You know, stuff that you really don't even think about. You really don't even think about it. And you can just go forth and do compared to how some people are really trying to figure out the best way to approach it and you know almost overthink it right and, and and question what do you think do you think that we were in the best time in shaker i think now shaker's kind of gone you know well, you it, know it's the a class little different of 2016 the 99th class to graduate was 100 percent the peak undoubtedly without a, <laughs> without a without a mistake in my mind 
I mean, hey, everyone that's still yet to come forth and graduate, they just got to the bar higher. But I mean, I think class as a whole, I mean, hey, I like the number 99 better than 100. I think it's way better, to be honest. I'd rather be, you know, 99 than all the way be 100. (laughs) Hey, 99, you're still excited. 100, the excitement's gone. But no, let's talk about it. I mean, what I mean also is, like, I think we've had, we had, like, the best arc of, like, just learning. Like, the time that we were learning, we were learning, like, right when the internet, like, really started to pop off, like, we had, like, you know, we had some, like, teachers who were, like, old school. We had some teachers that just had a whole different teaching model. Like, we were able to, like, experience, this is when Shaker wasn't, like, now it's really reserved right like so now they're really refined like they have to fit a certain mold right for whatever but you know at that point it was kind of like freeing you know what i'm saying do you understand what i'm saying you know i think i'd agree it was definitely a wide variety of stuff in general go any you know how people ask what superpower could you have i always say time traveling because i always want to see like what different times different places were like because you know it's like we we think that I mean, definitely the internet part is true. Like how we were there as the internet came to be. Um, but then I I would agree with you and say that it was a pretty wide variety of different styles and like textures going on at Shaker. These headphones just said the battery's low, but they told me they got six hours of life when I put them on. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it is a, a good mix of the two i don't know if it's always been like that i don't know if shaker does just always have that you know the new gen you know like the new blood's coming in the old blood's leaving but it's just always on a different aspect you know but i definitely do think that i mean with my teachers it was a wide variety you know we had the young people we had the older people they were like three years from retirement so you know i thought it was a, i thought it was kind of cool to see this, you know different styles and how everyone taught and i also really like being in band oh dude band I will give the testimony to band 100%. I might have to clip this up because, you know, they, they follow What's Out Media on, uh, on Instagram. So, dude, Shaker Band, I owe a lot to Shaker Band. I can't even lie. Yes, dude. sir. Shout out to Luke and Mr. Clemens. Mr. Clemens, man. Four years. Mr. K, man. Shout out Mr. Picaro, all of them, man. Yo, shout out to all of them because it was amazing. It was an amazing time. And when you look back at it, like, you're like, okay, we did something pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? But I think at the time you're like, well, okay, yeah, I got to give up two weeks before school. I got to give up, you know, first period. I got to give up some of my Saturdays. For, for us, it wasn't even bad. So for uh, for marcher band, for drumline, it, like, I mean, my personal opinion, I didn't even think it was, all right, so band camp wasn't the best but it was okay like you know it was like we all liked what we were doing and we wanted to get all the cadences dialed so we were into it and then honestly for me for the football games the saturday afternoon games were kind of slow but the friday night games went like friday night was, games were was, amazing those are my I was never i was never hot about having to go to a friday night game no i'll be hyped i'll be looking forward to it especially especially if it was a school that i knew we might be able to battle like if it was a battle going on on a friday night like yo there was nothing hotter than yeah, no, a no. night drum battle. Yeah, what I, was, what I was saying was just like the average student. Like, you know, I kind of hear this now from some of my athletes. Now nah, they're like, yeah, I'm in marching band. I got to do all this. I got to do all that. And I'm like, look, you should appreciate it. Because when I was doing it, I didn't appreciate it fully. I did appreciate those moments. I love the drumline battles. I love Friday night lights. Like, I love going to another school, getting heckled and being like, man bunk all that man let me play y'all the fight song right in your face type deal like dude, i love that aspect do you right? remember when we played i think it was mayfield when we it was a friday night game we got there like right around sunset and we we were about three quarters of a mile from the stadium where the buses let us off so we marched in parade block yeah that was and, tough hey that, that, was, tough. that was pretty tough <laughs> that was that was so that was hey. bro Mr. Clemens, man, he was like a military, you know, a goofy one, though. You know what I'm saying? Commander, bro. Really, like, but for real, he was the commander. Commander. Hey, and we was already. Hey, he was all. It was. It was going. It was going, and then we were able to play uh, on our like local news. Uh, what was that? Our senior year. Oh yeah. 
I'm yeah, dude. That like Thursday or Friday morning. Kicking it with Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. No, that was amazing. Um, just all of that in general was amazing. I always had a lot of fun in band. I myself, though, I'll be honest, I love concert band. And let's talk about this real quick because this will this topic probably will never come up in any ever po- other podcast. I don't think anybody ever will mention this, but we were in the people called it the struggle band, right? In middle school. I mean, I would say you talk about the middle school band or the high school band because it school. applies to both. Right, right. No, no, but middle school, this is like a kid, this is like an all star roster of people in one classroom. And we had a lot of drama, but we also tried to play our best. But all the other bands didn't give us the respect. This is like seventh grade. Then I busted out my drum solo on the first concert. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, my hey, my papa, my grandma, they would clap when they like, oh, Chris did so amazing. <laughs> hey, I think that was the first nerve-wracking thing I've ever done, bro. Now, and honestly, I don't even know why. I don't even know. I had to have asked to do that. You and did. I, I, well, for so extra they, credit, I guess. Yeah, they were like, okay, volunteer, and I'm gonna like bump you up 15% or whatever. And uh you were like, yo, I'm game for a solo. And then everybody was like, Oh, and like, oh Chris about to go for a solo. He gonna go Dude. for a solo looking back. And hey, I remember when you did it. I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. That was amazing. That was that was the first true stressful thing, bro. I've never been hotter than when those spotlights hit me. And when those spotlights hit me, and I was the only one standing. I had to bring my snare up front, set it up. I was the only one standing up there, and I was melting under those spotlights. I was, and I, you know, I guess this was a character building experience because the more I think about it, telling this story, I was melting under them spotlights, and I was so nervous. I knew I could play my whole piece through. You know, I was practicing after school, and uh, so I start to go, and I got nervous. Dude, I was about to pass out. Honest, honest to God, <laughs> and I had messed up. And like click my sticks together by accident, but I guess this is where the this is where the this was the character building experience right here. This exact second, instead of like losing my composure, I you know I clicked my sticks by accident, messed up. I just stopped. I didn't play the rest of that uh, the rest of that measure, the four count. That's a measure, right? Yeah, I didn't play the rest of that measure. Then it started right back in on the next measure, and it taught me. Hey, it taught me how, for me, the best way to deal with a mess up and recovering in the heat of the moment. And I guess that's what taught me to keep breathing through stressful situations. Keep pushing. Because through my life and through the, the like real stressful situations I've been in, in my different jobs, I'm always just like, I breathe through it. And then all of a sudden it's over. Like, I just, you know, it's just like, all right, like I'm, I'm going to do what I've been trained to do, what I've been told to do. I'm just going to keep breathing. And then all of a sudden it's over. And it really wasn't that bad until you look back at it and you're like, yo, that was nuts. But in the heat, because you know how some people will fold. Some people will be like, I can't do this, like completely break down. I was like, all right, Chris, like just one breath at a time, one breath at a time. And then all of a sudden it's done. Easy. Like just as as soon as it started, it's done. And And I I think think it was that drum solo that beat it into me. And I think, like, think about it like this as well. It's like, yeah, dude, there's going to be stressful situations. You're going to fuck up during those, those stressful situations. But you got to keep going in order to get that goal, you know, managed, you know. And when you're in an emergency, yeah, man, you might have forgot to bring something, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. But at least you're getting them to where they need to be. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I, te- I definitely get that. And who would have thought that you could translate, you know, something as like, a, you know, a drum solo in, in middle school band to something, you know, in Dude, real the life. The more I think about it, the more drumline and rowing, like, instilled leadership, camaraderie, and, and team building, honestly. Because, you know, by the time I got to be a section leader in drumline, uh, you know, I was like, I had my bass drum to take care of. And then a concert band, I had this percussion section I had to keep under control. You remember in the dungeon how, the, how it, percussion was we had all the worst instruments down there and I had to deal with all them bad little underclassmen like run around do, playing on their phone and I just had to I had to I felt like I had kids I felt like I had kids bro I was like yo because I had to get I had to keep all eight of them under control and then in, uh, in drumline you know going to games and stuff make sure everyone had their stuff put together 
making sure like all the drums were where they need to be and everything like they were all properly maintained and then going to Spain making sure all these <laughs> kids were acting right and not getting lost uh definitely taught me some good um not some good leadership and then with crew dude i um i think i told you i had to text coach v uh, i had to send him a facebook message uh my first year on the engine because i was like coach v like i did not realize the benefits you and crew did for me in the moment until I like out we were out here training in the rain like doing hose lays in the rain which is it's it's not it's stupid because you'll never do a hose lay in the you probably won't ever do a hose lay in the rain in real life um but we were doing them in the rain just just for like spring training type stuff so um so I had to write coach via letter I was like yo like the integrity and grit that was grounded in me during crew rowing when it was 35 40 degrees out on the water and just being out there with the boys I felt right at home like out here being cold and wet doing these hose lays with the crew I was like coach like I never thought it would come full circle like this like the physical fitness the grit the integrity like without I was like oh my god like without crew I don't know where I'd be like, I, don't, I don't know how much grit I would have if it wasn't for team, team sports in general, but especially crew. Like, those middle school lacrosse practices in the spring were crazy cold. How we were out there in that blacktop behind the gym, and it was still snowbanks out there. We were out there in shorts and, like, lacrosse pads and maybe in a long sleeve shirt. That was, that was also tough because now I'll be sitting out here uh, on these – I'll be overnighting on fires cold windy and it might be rainy i'm like well i've been here before so i'll i know i'll be okay you know i was actually looking at uh some photos recently of us at a regatta i think we were at like lake dylan and a huge storm had just got had gone by and we were just sitting there out there in the tent just chilling like we were like cool but it was like muddy as all what it looked like crap and i'm like dang i didn't realize that that weather was that bad or whatever. I thought we was just hanging out. I thought it was a normal day. You know what I remember from, I think it was probably the same day when we, me and Pete made a gutter between the two tents out of a tarp because it was getting all over. <laughs> we took it to, I was like, I was like, crew really put us together. <laughs> we took that tarp, strung it up between the two tents, put like a grade on it and made us a gutter to keep the rain out from between the tents. I'm saying, bro, like this was, it was a strong integrity building opportunity. And I like, I, I don't know where I would be without it, honest to God. Did I tell you that I met a girl from, for, in Peru, from Zanesville, from right by Lake Dillon? From Zanesville, Ohio? Yes, dude. I'm at the top of Machu Picchu. And it's like a couple of people from Europe. And um, these two girls are trying to get a good picture in. I was like, you want me to take it for you? They were like, yeah, sure. And um, I get to talking to them. And the one girl, uh, Carly, she was like, oh, I'm from Ohio too. I was like, oh, no way. Where from? She was like, Zanesville. I was like, what if I told you I've been there? She was like, why? Like, why? Why (laughs) are you there? I was like, we rode on Lake Dillon for Midwest. She was like, I lived right by Lake Dillon. And then I was like, this is blasphemous. Like, this is blasphemy, dude. Like, no, never in a thousand years did I think I'd meet someone on the top of one of the seven wonders of the world. But that's from, dope. From, <laughs> from Zanesville. That, that was, is truly amazing. That, I didn't realize that that was a town all them tigers, all them exotic animals got out in, in like the early 2000s, late 90s. That yeah, dude that got killed or well, the dude. No, that died dude, we were in we were in middle school when that happened. Yeah, no, 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 that's real deal. Yeah, she said apparently it was all crazy. I was like, oh shoot, okay. That was that was wild. I was like, I was like, get out of here, crew out here, finding me friends and other on other continents. That's amazing. Um, what was your favorite regatta? I mean. Dude, they were all just so memorable <laughs> for so many reasons, bro. 
Peru was honestly fun because we just got we got to go on all of our little tours all the time. Hey, that St. Mary's regatta was always nice though. Like that regatta was never bad. That clear water, the weather was always nice. Up there in Michigan was my that favorite was the one. The, that was the yeah, the last one of the season always, wasn't it? Yeah, like right before Midwest. Yeah, because that's why the weather was always nice. And dude, that water was crystal clear. That place went, bro. That hotel was super nice. We had the that, those were guys we had the best food best hotel best conditions and uh, you, you know we put, i posted a photo for your birthday one year and coach v saw it on instagram he's like i did not remember like sending you guys here like no way did i send you guys here and i'm like yeah coach like that was our favorite regatta what st mary's yeah yeah because um the other ones were fun too like Pittsburgh was really fun just because, like, rowing on that river, the way it's positioned with the city was super cool. And, like, driving – I remember because I had to go to the coaches and coxswains meeting, so we had to be there super early. Uh, so I remember we went through that tunnel because this was right when Perks of Being a Wallflower came out, and that tunnel had all the hype. So I remember we went through that tunnel, and then, like, boom, we were in the city. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, this is pretty cool. And uh, then we were there and, like, got to go row, like, right there, like, next to Pirate Stadium. They had that big rubber duck, too. I was like, yo, like, Pittsburgh's kind of the city, bro. Then taking those taking those uh, trips over there to the tanks in the winter. I yeah. was like, yo, like, Pittsburgh, like, you know, we really didn't even get to see the city all like that. We saw only super small blocks of it. Right. But uh, I, just, like, the kind of the vibe I always had of Pittsburgh, I was always like, yo, like, this place seems kind of nice, honestly. Like, this place seems kind of lit. Like, it, you know, there's there's Cleveland-Pittsburgh beef. But I was like, you know what? Like, respect to Mac. Like, respect the home of the Mac. Like, Pittsburgh might be a pretty cool spot. Now, I loved going underneath those bridges during races. Yeah, because well, we went under, bridges, like, five of them. Yeah, and the bridges honestly were like good mental like notes for me during pieces. Like I would be like, okay, we down that one. Okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. That yellow okay. bridge, the yellow yep. bridge was the last one. Wasn't exactly. It? Yep. Because yeah, once we hit the yellow, it was like a thousand meters left. So it was like, all right, crank on them. You know what kind of gets me now, bro? Is the gym I go to doesn't have concept two ergs. Well, they use the water ergs. No, they have these weird ergs that are. They're still, uh, God, what brand are they? They're made the same, but the monitor is different, and it is not accurate. I think that's kind of Concept 2's big advantage is that they just have, like, such a good, like, computing system. Like, it's yeah, so like it is, cool. Because I'm sitting there cranking, and I watch the splits, like, very wildly. It'll say I have a – it'll go from a 50-second split to, like, 145 to, like, 106. Um, and you know, you you know the power involved to change those splits. Oh yeah. And I'm like rowing at a constant rate. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, what is this monitor on, bro? I kind of got. I've become an erg snob, bro. No, I think that's anybody that has actually rowed. I mean, that's what you're used to, and that's actually it's the best erg. Like, you if know, I ever get rich, purposes. if I win the lottery, I'm winning. I'm buying a concept suit. I'm buying an all black concept suit. I mean, yeah, those are those are mad common. I mean, look, hit up the Roman world right now, man. You could find them for a good price. Yeah, I should try to get a used one or something. Yeah, I mean, honestly, especially if they're in Colorado. But you're a lot of people over the pandemic that bought themselves an herb. And they like, don't use it. I bet you I could get one for 100 bucks. Nah, no way. So, Chris, yeah, let's talk about Peru, man. All right. I left Denver on a red-eye flight at midnight, and the lady sitting, talk, sitting next to me would not stop talking. I was ready to go to bed. She finally got up to go to the bathroom, and I jumped under my hoodie and put my head straight on the table and played sleep until I fell asleep. So, boom. We get to Panama City at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. I never want to go to Panama from how humid it was at 6 a.m. It looks cool, but that humidity is no joke. So we bump from Panama down to go to Lima, Peru. This is pretty cool. 
Um, so like we're coming in, we land, like staring out the window at everything. Nothing really seems that crazy. So I'm in the cab, leaving the airport. And then Max has told me, he's like, yeah, bro. I saw Max the day before I went. Um, Max was like, yeah, bro. Like the second world country. So like, <laughs> just know. Protect. We are in the taxi, leaving the airport. And it, dude, I wish I had my camera out and was recording because it was like a scene. It was like something you would have seen from like Anthony Bourdain, like a destination unknown. <laughs> the traffic was so crazy. Just like no rules, no rules. Motorcycles like zipping by within inches of the mirrors, like just them, dude, it was just crazy. It was just chaos. It was mass chaos. And we drive through like the poorer part of the city. I was like, oh, Max was not kidding. It was like, I call them Flabellas, but I guess they call them more like the shanty towns. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Flabellas and, you know, stray dogs. And like, <laughs> it was a second world country, bro. Right. And we get to where I was staying. Pretty nice hospital. I forget the name of it. I should look it up because honestly, shout out that guy. I should put, I'll put it in my Peru uh, post on the website um but this place was a pretty nice hospital i had my own room with bathroom that was right on the top on the front of the hospital on the second floor uh for like 12 dollars a night it was super wow. solid i like, had a tv it was nice dude like these nice big windows it was super solid only down part was every time someone rung the doorbell to get in tonight i heard it clear as day which is okay for yeah 12 bucks, but, you know yeah but otherwise dude it was so the Hospital was super great. I get out in the city. I'm wandering around doing my thing. Um, see, what did I do first? I think I went on a city tour first. So I went on a city tour uh, to downtown historically, but that was pretty cool. Uh, oh my God. So when I went, it was like during all the civil unrest in Peru. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to go like the day before because they were like in martial law for like two days. Wow. The riots they had. Because it was right, it was um, right there in the invasion of the Ukraine. <clears throat> so that's when, ga- <clears throat> when gas was through the roof, and like everything was suffering from crazy inflation, and all the people were blaming the president. <clears throat> uh, and then there was all this other stuff going on with their political system too, that was like just all coming together at the same time. Um, so I get there, go to downtown city center, like a a lot of tourists, pretty heavy police presence um nothing crazy and then we go back to the hotel i'm trying to think everything i did in chronological order um i was just really wandering around lima for the first week just kind of going to all these different places um i think yeah i ended up over in bronco which is a pretty cool i was staying in miraflores which is like the manhattan of lima uh right by the ocean so i was staying there I ended up going to Bronco for a couple of days. I made some friends on the city tour. So then some of their friends were in Bronco. So we went over there, checked that out. Um, I found it super cool. So I, Bronco's everything on the coast there. Um, I'm walking down the coast of Bronco uh, towards this big cross I see on this hill. So I get, the closer I get, the more sketchy it's getting. Like it's obviously like not really the touristy area anymore. It's like, but it wasn't really a bad neighborhood. It reminded me of Cleveland Heights, honestly. Um, so I'm like walking through heights and I get to the base of this hill where I was like, all right, the cross was up there, but it was obvious that it, this hill was not the best neighborhood, bro. So I was like, eh, I'll be all right. So what happened? Uh, so I, and because, so I'm like on the fence about it, but you know, there's a fair amount of cars coming up and down the, uh, the road. There's people in like on $3,000 like mountain bikes on the road. I was like, all right, well, if they can keep their $3,000 bike on them, then I should be you should okay. be chill, right? <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I walk up through this neighborhood. It was like Flabella's, like just on the left side of the road. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, this is an odd dynamic. Uh, so I walk up the road to the, um, this like walking trail starts. Uh, it's like obviously it looks to be a shortcut to go straight up to the hill instead of like all the switchbacks the road does and so I was like assessing it I was like ah like not really anyone else on it looked like there were like two homeless people on it and I was like ah like definitely limited ways out 
if someone tries to like corner me in over here. But I was confident in my hill climbing capabilities from working with the feds. So I was like, all right, I'll be fine. Cool. I, was, I had my hokas on. I was like, I will run off. <laughs> so, um, so I go up this hill. I was fine. Get up there. It's cross super cool. It's like a weekend. It's, it's definitely like a go up there, like unwind, like smoke your cigarette, like hang out and like watch the sunset over the city type spot for locals. So there are a lot of people up there. So I, I took a second, just hung out, watched the waves, like just chilled up there. I turn around, boom, picturesque setup of I think it was a red Volkswagen with this guy leaning on the hood just like it was the juxtapositioning was perfect like yeah. right under the cross I was like this is a perfect picture snapped it um after that I went and walked around there were all these like abandoned um monuments up there of like so it'd be a monument just on a dirt pad with like no plaque or anything and you know like nothing fancy around it either uh, it was super desolate up there too and it was right above the flavellas so I was like eh kind of suspect right so i'm just like walking around up there i got some cool shots of like above the city and then there's this big picture i think it was jesus um there was over there a big picture of the giant monument uh, of jesus like in the cross um above these favelas and i was trying to go well i was walking over there to get a to frame it right to get a picture right and uh, i ended up walking so there were these two like real real federales um right by the parking lot for this cross and so I'm like walking towards them. At first, the lady selling snacks is just like cracking up. I was like, all right, she knows something. Now I have to get close to these two federales. They're like, whoa, 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 bro. They're like, this is in like Spanish and English. They're like, bro, what are you doing? I was like, uh, chilling, trying to get around. Yeah. They're like, you need to get out of here, bro. They're like, this is not a good neighborhood. I was like, I was like, yeah, like I could pretty much infer. What kind of neighborhood this is? Like, I got eyes. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. And they're like, no, like you need to get out of here right now. Damn. Uh, the sun was starting to set. I was like, they were on dirt bikes too. Um, I didn't, they didn't have rifles or anything though, and they didn't have helmets either. They just had uh, bulletproof vests. So I was like, I was like, well, y'all aren't armed to the teeth, and you guys are obvious like cops in up here, so must not be that bad. Um. So I was like, all right, all right, like I got you, I got you, like I'm, I'm out. So I get my pictures in and I boogie the other way. And uh, there was only one sketchy moment. This pack of people on on uh, scooters, like was coming up from behind me. I was walking down this like road back towards that cross. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if they were gonna pull up on like a drive by and rob me, because they were, um, they were looking kind of suspect. But you know, because I've seen suspect people before. I kept my wits about me, just chilled, and I was fine. Um, you know, there's one thing I want to mention a little bit about, like, adventure, about just, you know, judging people, not even, like, judging, like, prejudging, but, like, you know, trying to figure out a vibe to see if you're in an unsafe or safe area. I think uh, when we would do, uh, when we would explore buildings, abandoned buildings and, like, factories, I think that's when, like, we kind of got, like, real adventure in us and kind of were able to judge character. Now- that would be pretty fun, bro, when we did that. Like, I always like to go when it was kind of rainy after it, like, just got done raining. Because then it's like the buildings would be, like, dripping on the inside. And right. then I, then you had the cool puddles and stuff, too. That was pretty fun, though. I liked, I really like doing all that. And we made it a day of it. Like, we did that for a whole, like, that would be our whole Saturday. We yeah. Just, that was amazing. I always had a lot of fun. I don't even know. You think a lot of people have that, like, experience? Especially probably in the Midwest. But do you think people have? experiences of doing that other people i've talked to in the rust belt so it's funny because i've met um i've met a good amount of people uh from like the midwest and from the rust belt that would do similar stuff yeah and some people so there's the people that would have only like been in one building then there were the people like us that like been in a lot and those people no matter who they are or where i am i always i always click with uh it all i'm always like oh like like, I'll tell the story about when we were at the Duck Factory, and we had to, like, run out that back door. R.I.P. the Duck Factory, man. R.I.P. It was half burned down when we went there, bro. I know, I know. So just, they finished the job that uh, that one day. <laughs> but, yeah, that was – I think that definitely was, like, not character building, but good life experience. Like, having yeah. to deal with 
whatever you were presented with, like when you came around a corner in one of those buildings. And then if you saw someone else there, like you had to be like, yo, am I, are we cooling? Like we walked yeah, past yeah, like- Yeah, it's like when you would see people on the other side, like that building on 55th, when you see people, cause you had big lines of sight in that building. Right. So you like see someone else on the other side, it's like that second where you both look, like we're both groups look at each other it's like and then it's like what's that sound you, yeah it's like all right like we're both doing the same thing or like that's a crackhead or, or whatever's going on so it's crazy how popular that building got you remember we were there the one day there were people taking prom photos yeah it, it ended up being a whole thing like but i remember when we would just be in that boy I remember we were in somewhere where we were like, oh, we got to run out of here. And I'd always get scraped up because I'd fall running. You fell. I remember this. I remember this exact moment super vividly. And I think about it and laugh all the time. It's like <laughs> a movie. It was, it was that other building off Woodland. Exactly. Um, yep. Also, I'll be thinking about it at work because people will come in with abrasions like way, way not as bad as that. Because yours wasn't horrible. Yeah. But um, people come in with like scratches. I'm like, dang, like. Xavier's lucky that did not get affected when you, when you fell in that dirty parking lot. Um, but yeah, I remember that exact building off Woodland. I remember that exact day because we went to Big Al's after, didn't we? Yep. Yep. All right, yeah, I remember that exact day. That building was definitely one of the worst condition ones we'd been in. Oh, yeah, it was rough. Because that stairwell, yeah, stairwell was burnt. Bro, I was going to say, that stairwell <laughs> was crazy, man. I was like, and then we had to go another way to get it was like you were trying to find the stairways to get through. Man, I think that really, that is just like a Rust Belt Midwest just type, like, great thing that kid. I'm not, like, saying kids, you should do that. But it was a, it was a great thing. It, it was. I thought, I thought it was really, it was good. Um, like I said, it was good, like, situational awareness and, like, practicing or just getting good experience in sketchy places. Yeah, I dude, mean, it Situational awareness forth. is one of the biggest things, and it's like, You've had that experience now when you were in Peru, but it's like, you know, in, in other areas too that you, you've gone, but like situational awareness is key. That is something that I stress anywhere I'm at, to be honest. I mean, you really always have to have it. Like, look up, as the Forest Service says, look up, look down, look around and do it constantly. We went on a medical rescue for a, uh, a high voltage pole. Had uh, two two workers were climbing it and it collapsed on them. And we got the same time as rescue squad. They're like getting all their gear ready to hike in. These guys, the workers at the top of the hill, like, hey, like we're up here, and uh, so we're hiking in. All of a sudden, this is the first time I've ever publicly told this story. All of a sudden. There is a steel cable, the diameter of my thumb, right in front of me on the ground. I was like, what? You know, a lot of times you find a lot of garbage in the woods. And uh, I look left, look right. I was like, oh, my God, this is that high voltage line. Bro. <laughs> it would have been When rash. the tower came down, yeah, when the tower came down, the line fell down, too. So I was like, yo, I was like, hold on. So I hollered up the hill. The guys are like 40 feet in front of us, the workers. I was yeah. like, hey, like, this is a live wire, isn't it? And they were like, yeah, but it's locally grounded. So it's fine, but try not to touch it. I was like, what do you mean it's fine, but try not to touch it? Like, what are you talking what? about? Right? <laughs> so they were like, if you do touch it, you should be okay, but definitely try not to. So we had to do the limbo of death with all these packs on to get under this wire then go get to this guy and treat him so SA from exploring those abandoned buildings definitely caught me that day because I was I was the first one going up the hill so I was like oh my god like I was the first one to walk up to it and no one else had noticed it yet um I mean I should have been looking for it in the first place though because the high voltage lines run right along the road. So 
it should have been something I was already thinking about, but I put it together fast enough. Anyways, back to Peru. Um, yeah. Dude, I just the first the first week I was there, I just chilled in Lima, took some pictures, wandered around. Now I went over to uh, to Cusco, had to fly there. Um, Cusco was not as nice of a city as I thought it was gonna be. It was a fine city, but it was a lot more second world than I thought it would be. They only have running only parts. Only some buildings have running water for a certain amount of hours. And otherwise, like, if you go to wash your hands in a bathroom at, like, night, and sound like someone tried to kill the chickens outside, but they're <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, like, I walked in some bathrooms, like, the sink didn't work, toilet didn't flush, and I was like, oh, ran out of water for the day. Um, Just to make sure. You always got to make sure so um so that was like the biggest surprise and then there were more protests oh my god i forgot when i was in lima i was getting text messages from the embassy talking about the planned demonstrations and protests for for like thursday and i was like oh okay i was like i won't plan to leave the city that day so what do i do I go walk in the protest with them. (laughs) You went out there. (laughs) So I just, because it was starting, the gallery point was a block from my hostel. So I was like, I'm going to (laughs) go. So so I went, I just missed them because I was still trying to get lunch to take with me. So I'm like, I'm like jogging. Dude, I walked for months. I'm like jogging. uh, I can barely see the police behind the march, like for miles. So I'm Uh like jogging to catch up. Finally catch up to him. Almost gave up once. Finally catch up to him. Uh, get in the parade. And um, I was talking to some of the local media people there. They were cool. Uh, a couple of them were like the same age as us too. Uh, so I'm just walking, taking pictures. And um, we marched all the way to the downtown city center. Wow. And um, it was part, it was the neighborhood that the tour guide was like, I mean, at this point, dude, I was like, all right, Chris, you're kind of in deep. Like, don't know how you're gonna get home right um so they said like this because they the tour guy said that was like a bad part of the city and it, it was like locals only like not really any tourism um it was like hit or miss kind of on a block by block basis for what looked like what was like normal apartments and like ghetto so i was like wow <laughs> like good luck getting out of here chris right. um so we get all the way to the city center and it, dude, it was crazy. This is something I'll like never forget. The way we came in, like it was all these, all the president supporters were in the middle of the square and everyone that was like opposed to the president was like marching around the perimeter of the square. And the way yeah. we walked in, we like walked in right at one of the corners and it was like all these different, everyone, all these different neighborhoods came out. So like the one neighborhood group stopped and like, we're cheering and clapping because like because the, the neighborhood group I was with like finally showed up and they let us ride in. It was crazy, dude. It was like it was. So what did you learn off of that? Because that's kind of a concept that I don't think really much Americans have seen. I mean, obviously you see it on the news, but what was that like being in it? I mean, they were upset about the exact same stuff that was going on in America, like uh, inflation on gas and food. And also other stuff about the president. That was um, a lot of the, so the way it seemed to be was a lot of the, um, it seemed to be pretty similar to the political split in America. A lot of the, uh, yeah, a lot of the rural farmers were in favor of the president and a lot of the wealthy elite were in favor of the president. It was really like the working class, middle class people that did not like the president. And they were like saying that he needed to resign. And um, so I was like walking around talking to all these different people, just, you know, trying to figure out like what everyone's upset about and both sides. And um, this is going on in broken Spanish and English based on who could speak what. Um, <laughs> and it's like the tension was kind of like building between the two sides and one part of the square. I wasn't over there. And the police started like the wide square. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like trying to position myself on like, the less chaotic side also want to see what's going on over there right um all of a sudden i don't know what um people started like fighting and then i don't know 
if it was a gun or uh, like tear gas that went off, the people started running. Uh, like, <laughs> but they were running the other way. Um, they were running towards the, pre- the presidential palace. And I was like, oh, they're about to go break in and kill them. Um, <laughs> they going, they going nuts. So I'm just like standing in the square, like watching everything unfold. All of a sudden, like convoys and motorcycle cops are, like flying down the road, all this crazy stuff. There's helicopters overhead, and all, all this, it gets all wild. Then this crazy. local girl came up to me, and she was like, "Are you from America?" And she said it in English. I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Oh." She um she started talking to me. She's like, "Hey, like, come with me. Like, we shouldn't stay here. We should leave." I was like, "Huh? Okay." <laughs> like she seemed she seemed the same age as me. She was nice, friendly. She was hardly five feet tall, so I wasn't really that intimidated by her. Um, right. So I was like, "Okay." She's like, "I go to school down here." I was like, "All right." Like I was like, "All right, Chris, your safety is just gone with the wind now." So. <laughs> You're really winging it on the safety side. <laughs> but it's my profession. My profession is winging it. <laughs> I know. Hey, you got to do it, man. You got to do it. So, so I go, uh, this girl takes me over to by her school where all students hang out. And this was actually one of the coolest nights of my life on God. Um, we go to this different part. Like, we walk a couple blocks. She's like, oh, like, I'll show you downtown. I was like, okay. Um all these people are doing like traditional dance in this mm-hmm. like big, this huge plaza with like fountains and stuff. So the like, vibes totally changed. Like this is yeah. like, this sounds yeah, like, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like people doing local stuff on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, like everyone's like practicing their professional dance. It was like stomp the yard type stuff going on out there. Yeah. It was like all these different clubs and huge groups of people, like 50, like from groups of 10 to like groups of a hundred. Um, so we're just like watching them kind of just hanging out let's just like talking about like just talking you know right. um super cool like super laid back i wasn't worried about anything back then um and then she's like oh like do you want to go meet my friend over here by school so we go walking through this park it was like a bunch of young people like drinking and smoking and like being bad on the weekend wow. she's like, yeah like <laughs> right now this park is like fine i was like so do you guys come here and do this like you guys don't go to parties huh she's like no like sometimes we go to parties but yeah like a lot of people come here and do this it was kind of it felt like you know the part of the high school by those doors in front of the auditorium the egress no the you know up the hall from the egress mm, is that you mean where everyone used to smoke uh right outside of the auditorium doors where there's the side door straight to that side parking lot that the north gym is in oh like the north gym lobby yeah, but the other side of that parking lot where the auditorium was. I don't know what you're referring to, dude. Where parents would walk in for band concerts. You mean just like the lobby for the main auditorium? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Like back in the old days, like in Shaker, they used to smoke in that area. Like the egress yeah, so and then the, that's exactly you know what the, I meant. You know yeah. the vibes of that part of uh, the building? Right. That's how this park was. Um, so pretty like back we like go meet her friend and then they're like hey like let's go to the bar and i was like yes <laughs> so um we go back to the same dude this was like i'm telling you this whole day was like some some from anthony bourdain the same square that was in chaos two hours ago with riot police and tear gas was clear also the square everyone goes out in at night so it's like all these clubs are popping. Like it's like all these basement clubs and stuff. All like this whole square is popping. Wow. And um, so in South America, they love they love American rock and roll. Like I was gonna ask what type of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I was living, bro. But they were playing like Arctic Monkeys and like Lincoln Park and Green Day. So we were getting like beers that were a liter for like a dollar fifty. Wow. <laughs> it was a time. It was a time, bro. Um, so, yeah, we just hung out at the bar and uh, just, like, uh, spoke broken English and broken Spanish. And they know every American thing. If you heard them sing, you'd think they spoke perfect English, but they only know the words of the song. That's dope. That's dope. You know, a lot of people learn 
how to you know speak certain languages through media so of course through songs dude i can sing uh i can sing a few songs and i can sing the song in uh chinese but it's because i just love a song you know what i'm saying so i t- i definitely get that um what were some great takeaways so did you go to machu picchu or some like what are your overall takeaways from peru and then what do you got planned you know later on so yeah i went to machu picchu dude this peru trip was honestly like it was solid. There were a lot of parts. Uh, there were some parts that I was like, ah, like could have been more adventurous. But honestly, like all in all, it was super dope. So yeah, I went to Machu Picchu. Uh, that was super cool. I did the, I went, if anyone goes to Machu Picchu, hike Hope, Hayana Picchu, which is the mountain above Machu Picchu. I thought it was cooler. So you have to get up there early, wait for the fog to lift, and then you can see the whole city. The city is super full of tourists. It's hard to walk around it hard to get good pictures right uh so if you go up to the mountain that i was on and look down at it i think it's a lot cooler up there um it looked so cool from the from the photos you took yeah so uh that was super machu picchu was super dope i went surfing um so this, when i after i was in cusco for a week i went back to lima for a few days mm-hmm. um i was talking to this girl in our hospital at the bar i was like oh i kind of want to go surfing but like i don't know like i'm not a good swimmer right. she was like She's like, you don't have to be a great swimmer. Like, you just stay on the board. She was like, I had a surf lesson today, and it was super cool. And so then when we're walking, <laughs> next day, we end up going parasailing on this sketchy little go-kart with a giant fan on the back. That's dope. Uh, was that fun? Was that amazing? It wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be yeah. after we took off, and I was convinced that we weren't going to die. Yeah. Um, it was actually super calm. But it was cool, like, just being above the water, like, seeing the city. Right. Um, it's funny. When we went, they thought me and her were married. She didn't have to sign. No, I didn't have to sign any waiver. Only she signed a waiver. They also didn't give her a life jacket. They asked me if she was a good – she spoke horrible Spanish. They asked me if she was a good swimmer. I said, yeah, because she said she used to be a lifeguard. So they didn't yeah. give her a life jacket, and we were above the ocean the whole time. Because I didn't realize they didn't give her a life jacket until they gave me one. I was like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't have one. Like, I just decided Look to down, hey, I just decided to um, So we did that. That was cool. Then we ended up finding her surf instructor on the beach later. And uh, my dude, Francisco. And Sounds later like movie, that night, Sounds like later that night, Francisco <laughs> took us out to Cowheart, to this Cowheart dinner. Yeah. it's called anticucho uh-huh. uh so we went out had some cow heart some cow stomach too um also had guinea pig and alpaca when i was there uh it was all pretty good how was guinea pig yeah i was about to ask fine just a little sticky but fine it was really nothing crazy at all um so i end up i go back to the surf lesson with francisco i book a four-hour surf lesson um we go back we're practicing we're like getting all set up um we're like practicing on land he's like all right like let's go these waves dude it's i feel like i was in like the beginning of surf's up like surf's up one of my favorite movies chicken joe these waves (laughs) are breaking on the shore these like eight foot waves are slamming slamming into the beach just nonstop. and as we're walking it's a stone beach down there too yeah uh it's also like 65 70 degrees and cloudy and foggy it was like I think it was like a true South American surf day. It was yeah, none that of that like beach. Yeah, no, it seems like a dope so uh you know surf day, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I dude, I thought it was a, a for the first time ever going surfing, I'm hundred percent happy. I would not have wanted any other day. Um so we're like walking down the steps to the beach. He's like, Hey, there's a lot of uh what is there's a lot of sea urchins here. So try not to walk, just float. I was like, how are we going to get in the water if I can't walk in? I was like, what? So, like, as soon as we get, like, shin deep, he's like, put the board in, float, float. But first, we had to wait for uh, for the uh, break in the waves. Yeah. And so, like, I, was, I told him, I was like, Francisco, I'm not a good swimmer, dude. If I don't pop back up, come get me. He was like, oh, like, I'll be right. He was like, I'll be right next to you. Like, it'll be fine. We'll have fun. I was like, all right, like, let's right, do it. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah. dude, I felt like in Surf's Up, in the beginning of Surf's Up, when Cody's paddling out and they're playing holiday, yeah, dude, I'm paddling out in these eight-foot waves. 
And so it's like, right? If you, so as you're going out, if it's like, if you're paddling out and it's right about to break on you, mm-hmm. you end up going like straight up the wave and then like popping up on the top of it. Yeah. So I just, I remember the one wave, the first big one that I made it. So it's like a couple, I, we timed it well. So it's like a couple little ones. So I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm scared, honestly. Like I'm super nervous. Yeah. Um, so we're going, going, going. The first big one's coming. Francisco's like, battle faster, battle faster, battle faster. He's like, get on top of it. Go, go, go. So I'm like, I'm digging, dude. I'm like, <gasps> and then sheer vertical. I was like, oh my God. Then pop over the top. I was like, whoa, like that was crazy. And I dude, at that point, I was like, I'm surfing in South America. I was like, I'm surfing in South America right now. And I just felt like Cody in the beginning of Surf Up. I like I was singing Holiday in my head. I was like, dude, like this is crazy. It's amazing. And um, so we got all we got out to where uh, to before they were breaking. He's like, hey, like how you doing? I'm like, oh, like, I'm doing good, I guess. I got pummeled by one wave. It was not nice. I got slammed. And then I got up. I was like, <gasps> Francisco was like, get back on the board, get back on the board, because the waves are just coming. Right. That was the first time I was in the ocean. I was like, wow. The waves never, ever, ever stop. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> so I get back on the board, dude. just keep going. We make it out uh, past the break. And, um, yeah, I mean, I tried to catch a couple. Um, I bodyboarded one. I don't, they were going so fast. Uh, like, I was bodyboarding it, and I could have, like, I should have went to try to stand up. I was so amazed that I was honestly riding the wave and how fast it was going. I just rode it all the way into the shore. Yeah, Francisco was like, why didn't you stand up? I was like, Francisco, I was in awe of what was going on. He was like, I, like yeah, like, that was crazy. I he, definitely was like, oh, like, he was like, solid, like, next time try to stand up. I was like, all right, all right I got you. So we, um, so we're just out there for probably an hour. And, you know, I tried to catch a couple. Um, there was a bunch of other people out there, too. You know, I was like trying to stand up, bid it a few times. Then, um, we went back in to take a break. I was gassed, bro. I was gassed. I bet. Like, he was like, we were practicing like the moves and stuff on land. I could hardly do a push up. I was like, Francisco. And by then, dude, the waves were getting nuts. They were like coming at each other perpendicular, like in the <laughs> in the bay, and like breaking. Like it, you know, you exert crazy. a lot of energy when you're in the water. Like yeah, dude, yeah. You, you're like, done. It, You're toast. it was nuts, dude. The waves were breaking like together and like chaos. I was like, Francisco, I'm gonna be straight with you, bro. I know I booked a four hour lesson. I'll pay you for four hours, but I can't go back out, bro. Like I, wow. I was like, if I go back out, I'm gonna be a jeopardy to my safety and yours, dude. Like straight up. He's like, all right, man. Like that's fine. Like that's fine. Like it's good you know your limits. Like you know, he was like, well, did you have fun so far? I was like, Francisco, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. Of course I had fun. So you're going to get into it some more? I want to. I want to so bad, dude. I want to go back to South America and surf. We're, so. we're, maybe uh, next time uh, I should go with you, man. We should go film, bro. I think we could have an amazing time. We could uh, finally do what we wanted to do. Um, what you got planned in the future, bro? I don't know. When I was down there, I met a friend that lives in Argentina. I kind of want to go down to Argentina, see what's popping down there. Uh, I really want to go, I really want to do a trip to the Middle East, but that's going to be a lot of money. Um, also, I just saw on TV, the, this guy went to the stands. He went to like Kazakhstan, all these different stands, like north between Afghanistan and Russia. Yeah. Those seem kind of cool. Um, I don't know, man. Like I still, I still want to go do a road trip down to 101 in Cali. I still want to go to the Pacific Northwest. It's really going to be whatever I get the opportunity to do, whatever I get the time, however much money I got is going to dictate what I do and where I go. Yeah, dude. So, we need to get on that Anthony Bourdain. Like, I think we'd have amazing shows. I think that's like what our main goal for what's out is to be able to do some type of show like that and be able to fund that. But that would be amazing. And dude, after, lot- after this Peru trip, I was like, I was, I was pretty, I'm pretty set. I was like, you know what? Like I have to, there's a whole world to see. There's a whole, like, after, you know, and I only went to one country. Right. And ha- did all this wild stuff in one country and, like, had this wild adventure. I was like, I cannot stop. Like, I have to go do more. I was like, everyone needs to go do, like, everyone needs to come see this and do this. 
right because like, it, it really was a surfing it was just like such a i guess it was like a life-changing event it was just like everything dude like trying to catch the bus while i was in Cusco, i was trying to catch these buses to these different like uh ruins and it was like no like none of the locals dude i was like that tourist in a small town like ask and like speaking horrible spanish asking where the bus stop was as the bus is going by like the bus goes by i'm not the right stop i go to where the bus stopped last time it stopped somewhere else like it, it was like the episode of spongebob we trying to get out of glove world <laughs> you stuck at rock bottom <laughs> yes i was stuck in rock bottom bro like trying to find the bus and it was uh it was just all all that kind of stuff it was all just super super cool so i mean all in all it was uh it was a super solid trip i had a great time uh i love south america mr burger told us in high school he said chris south america is a great place to go while you're young because it's cheap and it's a little bit sporty so I 100% believe that. I definitely want to, I want to go to all of South America now, but now I'm like, ah, if I got money, I should go to a different continent. So, well, like I said, it's just going to be however, I'm going to play the hand I'm dealt. See how it goes. I feel that. I feel that. So, hey, man, Chris, you want to, you got any shout outs, anything for your social, anything like that? Uh, not even, not really right now. You know, I've just been keeping my head down, grinding. I'm about to go to this Odessa concert tonight. So, hey. I'm just living these days, man. Just living simply. I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. Well, yo, it's been X. Thanks to the boy Chris. We are gonna do more of this. We got we had we had a few podcasts that just never finished up. We never were able to finish it up. We finally got it done. This what's out. Peace out, you guys. Peace.